Хорошо, друзья, it's time for us to get into the word of the Lord, and I have a lot of things to talk about, but I will try to honor your time, and we'll have about 25 minutes for this sermon, and um, I want to share something that I believe uh, is a reminder for all of us uh, every year. It was actually a message I mentioned, brother uh, Stepan, brother Stepan, очень много я чему научился у него, и он любил проповедовать. He was he loved to preach uh, on several topics that I remember. You know, like every pastor, every uh, minister has something that that's their favorite topic, right? And uh, sometimes you have someone coming on the stage, you're like, oh yeah, I know they will be preaching about faith or grace or or law or <laughs> salvation or whatever. So. Um, he was uh, reminding quite often one little verse from 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, when it says that children or little children, guard yourselves from idols. Guard yourselves from idols. Today we heard about you know, not letting our guards down. Guard yourself from idols. I want to give you this message, some, some things that's on my heart. And today we heard a story. We heard a story that was true story. If you could imagine yourself being close to this Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three guys, they were like 16, 18 years old. So an average uh, age <clears throat> here in this service. And uh, they had a huge um, test. Uh, okay, they didn't know what's going to happen. You know, they had this uh, just huge uh, event in the kingdom in Babylon. And then all of a sudden their faith, their faithfulness was tested at that time, at that, on that day. And I believe that not every day, but occasionally God gives us these major exams, these uh, examinations of our life, and uh, we have to be prepared. And that's what I'm going to talk about, being prepared and how we can avoid uh, the trap of idolatry. I uh, will read from Ezekiel, so if you have your Bibles, you can open them and underline some stuff uh, from here. This is a prophet, Ezekiel chapter 23, talks about two uh, women or two girls, and uh, it's an illustration. These women are not real, Ahola and Aholiba, and Ahola Aholiba, just an illustration of Samaria and uh, Judea. Samaria, like two kingdoms, after Solomon, the King Solomon that I mentioned today, there were two kingdoms, Israelites and Judeans, uh, Samaria and uh, northern and southern kingdoms. And uh, both kingdoms, they uh, drifted away from the Lord, and eventually they were um, uh, sent in exile. They, 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 uh, they were destroyed for the reason of idolatry. And here's the illustration, chapter 23, Ezekiel 23, verse 4. Their names were Ohola, the elder, and Oholiba, her sister. And they became mine, and they bore sons and daughters. And as for their names, Samaria is Ohola, and Jerusalem is Oholiba. Ohola played the harlot while she was mine, and she lusted after her lovers, after the Assyrians, her neighbors." who were clothed in purple, governors and officials, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. Uh, she bestowed her harlotries on them, all of whom were the choicest men of Assyria, and with all 
whom she lusted after with all their idols, she defiled herself. Let's stop here for now. What are the idols? Idols, figuratively speaking, or using biblical language, idols basically fake saviors. Okay, Fake savior. Uh, there's a real savior, Jesus Christ who can save us not just from our sins, but from all things that are bothering us, fears, loneliness, depression, addiction, anything that holds us captive. He is the true Savior. But people, because of our sinful nature, even being born again when we accepted Jesus as the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, I want to worship you with our mind, with our born-again minds. We want to serve the Lord with our hands, with our feet, with our sinful nature that is in our bodies, we still tend to, to go back to the idols, to the fake saviors. And we look at the things that temporarily can fill that gap, can fill that emptiness, can make us excited, can bring some, some uh, joy for a moment. And, and those are idols because people didn't go to idols because, you know, they, they, they just wanted to be you know, foolish and, and these were or mature people. They were as smart as us. You know, they were not stupid. Okay. Well, they, in the old Testament, when they worship the idols, technically, you know, when you read the Bible, you see that what they were looking, for, they were looking for the savior. When Moses went on the um, mountain to get these 10 commandments from the Lord, and he was there for 40 days, people of Israel came to Aaron, his brother and said, make us a calf, okay, Be, you know, someone who will lead us, God who saved us from Egypt. And that was pretty much as a symbol. And, and even at that time, they understood that, you know, it was when they worshiped, they said, okay, I'm worshiping a symbol in their minds of the true power. And of course, the true power of demons, not God. But we understand, you know, that it was fake God, fake Savior. And so these um, women... Judeans, Israelites, they were looking for something that will fill their, fill their gap, uh, that emptiness in their hearts. And um, the thing is that when we um, worship something, that same thing turns against us. What, what first we think that like, oh yeah, that's fun, like new stuff, new things, new programs, new movies, new software, new uh, girl, new boy, whatever. But then that thing turns against us because idols, whatever we make uh, as an idol in our life, tends to eat us or, or just, just kill us. In the verse 9 in the same chapter, if you're following, it says that God gave her into the hand of of her lovers into the hand of the Assyrians after whom she lusted. They uncovered her nakedness. They took her sons and her daughters, but they slew her with the sword. Thus she became a byword among women and they executed judgment on her. Basically, God's judgment is to not just, you know, bring disease, just to give in the hands of your lovers. Somebody who's like, for example, I'm just making this up, somebody who's addicted to 
video games for example and the person is like okay for a year for two having fun and then all of a sudden you feel like that that's a that's a bad stuff in your life it takes your time now you missed an opportunity to go to college for example or you missed a good opportunity in business or you missed an opportunity in church or you missed that person who was in love with you whatever and then all of a sudden you understand that whatever you loved whatever you worshiped now asks for the sacrifices because idols they always demand sacrifices and people sacrifice what do they sacrifice they sacrifice their time first of all right time is the most precious commodity and thing in the world okay the time is gone and and you can't get it back so they ask for time for money because whatever you know the car or whatever things or clothes or or new phone whatever that asks for money which is essentially time Uh, also because money is our time and time is our life and so God gives uh, this woman in the hands of her lovers remember the first verse we started with children guard yourself from idols that's that's our topics and idols on its own they are nothing the scripture says that idols things that we have in our hands uh, and 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 uh, don't get me wrong but even some video games they are nothing they are not sinful okay if you make if you bring me to the computer and make me play you know not all video games okay but let's say racing or whatever and I play that, I'm not going to make, do, make a sin. And why? Because <clears throat> the Bible says in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, um, it says um, in verse, uh, let's read not the whole chapter, let's read verse um, 19. Paul, Paul says, what do I mean then? That a thing sacrificed to idol is anything or that an idol is anything? And he says, no, the idol is nothing. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I don't want you to become sharers in demons. So we need to understand that the idol, the thing itself, whatever we see with our hands, the person, the wonderful, the celebrity, whatever, is not a sin, is not, does not have power in self. But demons... They use these things to keep people in chains and to, to make them, you know, addicted to stuff and, and so on. And some things are, of course, sinful. If we talk about drugs, if we talk about pornography, those may be sinful and idols and demons behind them. But some stuff is truly not sinful, okay? There's not, nothing sinful in itself about Instagram, Okay, honestly, you know, at least at this time, maybe in five years down the road, it will be just just sinful stuff. But at this point, okay, that's fine. But there are, you have to understand, there are forces, spiritual forces that want to use this tool to uh, hook people up and, and hold them in captivity. And so we have to be careful. I'm going back to the story with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, but I want to uh, kind of go over the concept of idolatry and what idols are. And uh, interesting, let's, let's go back to Ezekiel, this illustration of Ahola and Aholiba. So Ahola was the was the part of um, Israel that went to captivity first 
And that's when Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went to captivity. But there was part of Israel, Judeans and Benjamites, who still lived, and they saw what happened and why God punished that part of Israel, and they still didn't learn their lesson. And so the scripture says in verse 11, 23, 11, same chapter, what happened next. Now, her sister, Oholiba, saw this, yet she was more corrupt in her lust than she. And her harlotries were more than the harlotries of her sister. And what was even worse, listen. She lusted after the Assyrians, governors and officials, the ones near, magnificently dressed, horsemen riding on the horses, all of them desirable young men. I saw that she had defiled herself. They both took the same way. So she increased her harlotries and she saw men portrayed on the wall. It's almost like an ancient Instagram, right? She didn't even see those guys. She didn't even went to the bad places, but she saw pictures, okay? She saw something and that was even worse. Images of the Chaldeans portrayed with vermilion. Vermilion, that's a red, very red um, uh, color <clears throat> and, and very rich uh, looking color girded with belts on their loins, with flowing turbans on their heads, all of them looking like officers, like the Babylonians in Chaldea, the land of their birth. When she saw them, she lusted after them and sent messengers, it's like, you know, ordering on Amazon, to them in Chaldea. Okay, I'm, I'm just, just, just kind of, you know, this is a joke. Um, no Amazon, no, no Instagram. The point is, that uh, it's not necessarily that we as Christians, we, we do stuff. It's really in our minds. We can um, be unfaithful to God because this is just an illustration, okay? This is just like an image of what happens in spiritual world. And if we are unfaithful in our minds, as Jesus said, even if you think about stuff, if you even think about her, um, you can also sin. And interesting that here is an illustration of her seeing the pictures because honestly whatever you know guys girls sisters brothers almost no difference at this point the world is bombarding us with uh, pictures with the images and what's interesting you know it's like almost a description of a contemporary advertisement horsemen riding on horses like mustang right the new mustang uh or or, or whatever you know the, the new the best uh, car race car well, not race car but um desirable young man this is the phrase that is repeated twice in verse six desirable young man youthfulness okay the idols the sin is appealing it's actually looking good you know the on the on the outside it looks good and then in verse 12, again, a desirable young man. But the point is that, again, the Lord gave her back in the hands of her lovers. Interesting, in verse 23, Luke uh, 22. Therefore, O Ahalibas, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will rouse your lovers against you from whom you were alienated, and I will bring them against you from every side, the Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, Pekod and Shoah and Koah and all the Assyrians with them, desirable young men. She lusted after them. She thought it was cool. She thought it was, wow. And those guys, governors and officials, all of them officers and men of renown, all of them riding on horses, okay? They will come against you with weapons, chariots, and so on and so forth. 
So again, the, the, the point, very important point, the truth is that as soon as we start looking for relaxation, for spiritual food in places uh, other than God and his word, we are worshiping idols. We are worshiping, we're training our spirit, our soul actually, and our body to you know, grab that, that phone or, or thing or drink. And, and when we worship, Okay, uh, when we when they worship, I don't want to say we we worship the Lord, but if they whoever make a choice to worship the uh, idol, that thing will turn back against that person and will kill them. And um, I don't want to to um, dwell on this point for too long, but I want to make sure that we understand. Uh, how sad that stuff is. If you want, you can read this chapter to to the end and just look how Bible is accurate and exactly uh, precise on what happens with the person. Um, a couple more verses. Look at verse 33, for example. It says that when I punish you, you will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, the cup of horror and desolation. Uh, I mean, drunkenness, people trying to get drunk, people trying to get drugs and, and sorrow, sorrow that's, that's all kinds of depression. People don't find, uh, you know, God will give you the, the, whatever, you know, you want as an idol, but that thing will make you, uh, what is there, horror. A lot of things happen, abuse and, and other stuff, and desolation. That's loneliness, destruction, desolation, isolation, and so on. And, and so we don't want to make the choice that a lot of people make worshiping the idols. And um, let's go uh, to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those guys, uh, uh, they're, they're just amazing. And I believe that you don't have to live your whole life to be like them. Because like the Bible says, they were young. They were young. They were uh, pretty much in second year of their college, Babylonian college, second year in captivity. They were learning literature and languages of Chaldeans, so humanitarian um, subjects. They were, um, they were smart. They were uh, straight A students in secular education, but they still um, worshipped only the Lord. And how do we know? We know that because when King, when the King Nebuchadnezzar made this um, symbol, the image of gold, in some uh, verses it says the golden image, as if it's his image or maybe some kind of image of a person. But also it, uh, interchangeably, it, it uses the image of gold. So possibly there was just like a pillar. It was 90 feet um, uh, high and 9 feet wide. Uh, so it was dis disproportional. Doesn't seem like it's a it's a statue. Ninety feet nine. It's more like a pillar, like a stone pillar. But it was gold. It was uh, gold, and and that was like a symbol, a symbol of of uh, secular worship to materialism. I believe that's what uh, this country is about. Okay, um, I know that people are being tested. 
through the challenges, hardships. And if we look at the Bible, we see the illustration of Israelites going through the desert. But I think what more applies to our youth, to our church, to the people in this country, Babylon, because we're not in the desert, honestly. We, we're being tested by the riches, by the money, love of money, easy life, you know, that kind of stuff. And so this king, he just saw a dream that he is, uh, in his dream, he was the golden head. And then the rest of the kingdoms were different uh, kinds of metal, silver, and so on. And he's making this symbol of, of uh, magnificent uh, earthly king. And, and he says, everyone, all the leaders, and he gets all the magistrates, prefects, officials, uh, all leaders, and he says, you need to worship. You need to fall down and worship. This is very interesting. Not just worship, but it says fall down. It says one, two, three, four, five, six times. It was pretty clear. You are to fall down and worship. Okay, every time, and I was looking at the original language, and this fall down, this goes, I even wrote it out for myself. It says, uh, when you fall down, you go from a higher to low position. You fall uh, under judgment, and it, this same word, falling down, is used to, uh, in this context of being overcome by terror, by fear. It's under attack of an evil spirit. So you have to fall down from the position, from the higher position where you are the son or the daughter of God. And, and, and he says, the king says, you need to fall down and then you worship. Not just in your hearts, not, but you need to show that. You need to demonstrate your faithfulness, your loyalty to, um, to the, the, the uh, concept of, of riches and, and gold. And he says, and interesting, it's also uh, when you hear all kinds of music. Music is very powerful. It says here three, four, four times that when you hear the music, all kinds of music, and it lists all these boring, you know, instruments. So, but it basically says, you know, that worship actually both in God's kingdom and in devil's kingdom goes hand in hand with music. So watch out what kind of music you, you listen to. It's not like you listen to worldly music and worship the Lord. It's not going to work. Okay? It's not working in the spiritual world. And when you hear that, you need to fall down and worship. And so these guys, these Chaldeans, Chaldeans is like citizenship. They, you know, they lived in Babylon. They were called Chaldeans. Certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. In the original it says they took an opportunity to accuse or slander. So they, they are just like looking at the opportunity. And they knew these guys before. Because when they came to Nebuchadnezzar, they told him, These guys, verse 12, certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon. Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image. How did they know that they did not serve gods? Because they were watching their lives on daily basis. And you guys, you don't even know, know who is watching you, okay? You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a Rabbi Zechariah's sad news um, to, to, to become a stumbling block for people who watch you. Okay? And if you walk before the Lord, people will 
Absolutely, they will look at you and say, that's a Christian. They are different. They serve gods. They don't serve our gods, okay? They don't spend time. They don't spend money on stuff that we spend. They don't serve gods, and they don't serve your golden image. And so, of course, the king Nebuchadnezzar is very mad. He gets angry. It says that he was, uh, what, full of wrath and he um, makes, uh, you know, repeats his command, basically. And they, they say, you know what, king, we don't even have to reply to you. And it sounds like they were so rude to the king. And, and, but uh, no, no, that's not, that's not what happened. They actually, they actually, they were ready to, to say what they said, uh, not because they, they, they saw that they have no chance of survival and they're like, okay, who cares? Let's just say whatever we think so that this king will become even more you know, mad and angry. No. Um, what they told him, they said, we are so confident in our lifestyle, in our worship to the true God, that no matter what happens, there's only one, one way, one uh, outcome. There's only one thing that can happen. We worship only to God who is the true God and we're not going to worship your idols. No, we don't need your chances. We don't need second time. Don't bother to turn on that music. It's not going to tempt us. It's not going to change our mind. We know what we're going to do. And of course, the king was even angrier and he threw them in the furnace and God saved them because God is faithful. But I want to point out something. Uh, these guys, they didn't frantically make made their decision, um, you know, right there on the spot. Do we serve him or not? Do we stand or do we bow down? Uh, and then in our hearts, we still worship the true God. And, and we don't worship this idol. And we know that the idol is nothing. And who cares? No, they knew that this, this is the, the test of their life. Why did they know? Because on daily basis... You know, according to the words of these non-believers who watched them and what the scripture said, they were faithful to God. They didn't worship any idols. They didn't have any idols, okay? They had in their hearts, in their minds, only the true God. And what I'm saying is that maybe in a year, maybe 10 years down the road, maybe tomorrow, but you will be tested and you will be tested in your faithfulness, in your loyalty to God. And God knows he's not, the Bible says that he loves us. He's not going to send us something that is above our uh, abilities or spiritual strength. But um, I'm pretty sure that besides Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there were a lot of other Jews and they loved the Lord. And they loved the Lord. Okay, listen, there was, Babylon was full of these Israelites who actually returned and came back to Israel and, and they built the temple later. And, and so they actually repented. But at that time, when these three guys were standing, the rest of, the, of these young people, older people, they said, well, God knows that I serve him in my heart, but here I'm going to cheat. But here I'm going to maybe steal. But here I'm going to maybe just, just this is just a kiss. This is, who cares, you know, um, before marriage, after marriage, all these little things, all these, this unfaithfulness, um, if you continue being unfaithful, there will be a big test and you're not going to pass it. 
And if you are faithful on a daily basis and you don't see big tests and you don't see seemingly there is no point of your faithfulness and you're being so, uh, you know, different or conservative, whatever is the accusation come your way, know that the Lord is going to reward you and that he's going to, to lift you up, the Bible says. He's going to prepare a place for you. And then at the end of the chapter, this is interesting that God made this king. And this king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. God knows what to do. He can turn all these circumstances. He can turn uh, this boss or, or professor or teacher who was laughing at you. And he will say, in the same way you know, as the, the king of Nebuchadnezzar. You know, the God of Mashatam or whatever, that's the true God. You know, through the, through the lips of the unbelievers, God's name will be glorified if you are faithful to him. Amen? Um, I'm rushing through this, but um, I promise to not um, go for too long. So we have a few minutes. Uh, today, uh, our sister was saying a wonderful poem. Thank you so much. Um, and I was also listening to the song, a song uh, by Matthew West, and hear what it says. Lie number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And the way they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. Lie number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. Truth be told, the truth is rarely told now. I say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine but I'm not, I'm broken. And when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not, and you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it when being honest is the only way to fix it. You might be asking questions, so how, how, how do I fix this mess? That past year, okay, again, I'm not against you know the year past, this is a wonderful year, 2020, but if you have a mess in your life, you need to start with being honest. Okay, nothing's going to change if you think that, oh, well, in my life, I don't have those big idols. Even the smallest idol in your eyes is going to cause death and separation between you and the Lord. And so you got to be really serious. This year is about to end. You never know what's going to happen. I tell this every time at the end of the year. Okay, 2010, December 26, like Brother Andre said today, this gray area between Christmas after December 25 and December 31st. And I got into a very scary car accident. I have this testimony on, online if you want to hear that. But God saved me and my wife and my daughter that is actually sitting today in this service uh, because and reminded me that you never know. You're getting ready to celebrate, you know, Noche Vieja, uh, you know, the, the new year. But you don't know what's going to happen tonight in your life. So you got to be really serious about every sin, anything that is not right with the Lord and repent in it and um, be ready. Um, I just remembered um, Pyotr Maisejch here uh, in one of his sermons, actually, I, I guess many times, but in one of his sermons I was listening to recently, he uh, he recounts the, the situation when he was drafted in the Soviet ar army and it was mandatory and he was actually um, about to make a choice, you know, whether he's going to uh, 
to uh, serve you know with with uh, arms or weapons in the Soviet army or not and and he was young okay he was 18 years old uh, that's young and and uh, he by what helped him he said you know when those guys those KGB agents those guys who were making these young people in, including you know believers uh, Christians uh, to take uh, this oath to um, make this vow to serve the Soviet Union, uh, all of a sudden the scripture came on his mind. Matthew chapter 5, I don't remember the verse, but when it says that you do not make any vows, you do not take an oath, and he responds, you know, he tells this guy, this officer, high-rank officer, that, you know, the Bible says this, how can I disobey? Okay, and that closed the, and, and that that was a, a response that they actually put on the spot all those guys because they they couldn't resist, they couldn't do anything against it. That's the power of the scripture. But if he didn't know, I don't know if you're reading the Bible, you know, from beginning to the end. That's that's what I suggest. You know, start make commitment, read the Bible from the beginning to the end. Read it every day because you never know. The Holy Spirit one day will bring that verse that is going to save you and your family and your kids and, and, and maybe your, your parents and your friends. But you need, to, you need to be prepared. As these young men, they knew the scriptures. They knew the Old Testament. They knew what the first, second, third uh, commandment were, were talking about. Uh, do not have another God. Do not worship. Do not make. Um, do not uh, shall not make into there any graven image. Right. So do not make any anything any idol. They knew that. And when the time came, that scripture, the Holy Spirit reminded them, and they were strong, strong in the Lord. Jesus is the only savior. We're about to pray and uh, remember that idols are fake saviors. Idols are things that temporarily make us calm, bring some peace, some joy, excitement, but only Jesus can save us permanently, forever. He is the Savior. He is the one who you need, who you really need. You might think that you need more money, you need a better job, you need a better guy, you need to have a good marriage, you want to get married, you want to be rich, whatever. No, you don't need that. Okay, You don't need it, believe me. That all that stuff is passing. The only one who you truly need, who your soul really needs, is Jesus, the Savior. And He can save you from the addictions, He can save you from anything. It's not going to be easy. You will have to give everything what you have, you will have to give up your thoughts, your your fears, everything. But when you give yourself up to Him, He will come back and He said, Now you get everything. You get your life back. You get, it will be joyful. Don't think that your life will be boring. That's not true. Your life is going to be so exciting. I didn't have time to read about this, but in Ezekiel, you know, verses 17, 18, it says that this lady, when after all her harlotries, she became disgusted with herself. And God says, and I became disgusted with her. Because when, you, when, when years pass by, you look, uh, look back and you're like, man, it's so worthless. And then you don't feel like you, 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 your, your worth is, is nothing. You, know, you, you have such a low self-esteem deep in your, uh, in your heart. You might look good. You might 
post good stuff on Instagram, but deep in your heart, you're disgusted with the lifestyle that you have. You understand that you don't want your kids to live like you live right now. It's hypocrisy. It's a double, and you don't want that. When you come to the Lord, you give him your life, and he will truly bless you with the peace in your heart, with the future. You will be standing on a strong foundation. You will be blessed by good husband or wife, but good kids. You will be blessed in this country or wherever you will go. We don't know what's going to happen next. You will be blessed in the ministry. You will be blessed on the stage and, the, and off the stage. And when you, Whatever you do, God's blessing will be about, uh, on you. He will cause you to prosper. Amen? He will cause you to prosper. That's what I wish for every one of you from the bottom of my heart. I love you and want to pray for you, with you, so that God's grace be upon each and every one. Let's all stand up. Let's actually bow down before the Lord and, and pray.